0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Owatari-Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who is defriended by Goddard for being too bougie. I am
1: the Adam Glass, and uh, yeah, Goddard doesn't like me anymore, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, well, I'm
0: I, sure. The, the, the special still... feature may be the funniest like, thing ever, yeah. and then I never saw him again. <laughs> right,
1: right. Because, I mean, at least, he I came guess to my... at least he did it. Yeah, he came He came by my house while I was gone <laughs> <to> <laughs> he had get some soup, soup with my kid, and
0: then left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's> so good. <laughs>
1: Before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. Over there for a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get some bonus content. We watch a wide variety of movies over there all non-criterion films, and uh, supporters get to vote on what movie we're going to watch. Supporters can suggest lists uh, or suggest particular movies for a list if uh, if they feel so led. And uh, <laughs> If the spirit moves them. And oftentimes, if... Uh, if they suggest it, I uh, will try to work it out so that they can be on the episode too, if timing works out. If they want to, uh, you know, right? Some if people, if, if some they if just don't want to, want to. I'm not going to force them
0: to. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, so it's actually one of the appreciate... rules. Are you submit you submit an idea, you have to be on an episode.
1: <laughs> That's not. No, don't listen to Pat. He's lying. He, he lies about uh, a lot of stuff. Don't listen to him. He lies. He lies all the time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, for a dollar a month, uh, you get access to all of the bonus content, all the back catalog of the bonus content. There's over 52 uh, episodes over there right now, and we have watched just a wide variety of films, from uh, Dog Day Afternoon to Critters 2. Uh, I just I was trying to think of one that rhymed.
0: Yeah, and you know, and are the two you pick most often?
1: Weirdly enough, they 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 are and two. I don't know that why really those two like fast.
0: stick in your mind the most, because. Dog Day Afternoon is an amazing movie, okay? Don't get get me wrong on that. But, like, Critters 2 is not the best worst movie we've ever, bad movie we've watched. Here, let me
1: try again, then. Uh, We watch a wide variety of films over there from uh, Ernest Goes to Camp to Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, Just the whole (laughs) gamut. The whole gamut.
0: From best (laughs) to worst.
1: Of, Of film quality. But yeah, that's a, that's a dollar a month. A little extra, $5 a month. We'd like to thank those people on air. So thank you so much to our $5 a month supporters right now, Eric Coronado, Stephen Goldmeyer, and Chris Otto. Yes, thank you. Uh, above that, we do something that I think is pretty dang special. And obviously other people agree because we have uh, more more people at our $10 support level than we have at our $5 support level, certainly. Uh, but uh $10. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard and write a little personalized note to those supporters. We'd also like to thank our $10 and above supporters as well. So thank you to Patrick Yako, Adam Speakerman, Nina Baljnak, Michael McGrath, and Jason Westhaver. Thank you very much. People at that level right now. If you want to see those postcards um, or buy ones uh, for from Grandma. the past, or grandma if you want or um, or
0: one any one of your other relatives
1: yeah any relative would appreciate one of pat's art pieces uh but you can head over to redbubble.com and search for lost in criterion there and yeah uh you can buy them as postcards as uh fold out greeting cards if you want to write a longer message to grandma maybe uh, explaining why uh, she
0: got this really weird <laughs> card
1: right some of them as uh, as stickers and some of them as buttons Um uh, uh, Redbubble has a lot of choices, so when the artwork works for something, I like to I like to throw it out just to just to see if anyone will click. Redbubble.com, search for Lost in Criterion if you want to see all of that artwork, or Patreon.com/slash/Lost in Criterion if you want to support us. Thank you to everyone who does, and uh, yeah, we really thanks for listening, it. even if you even if you can't. This week we are talking about our second jean Jean-Luc Goddard film in a row, and the A side to last week's Made in USA. Uh, made in USA, as we talked about a lot last week, was made in a hurry uh, while Goddard was working on another film. Yeah, that well, other this is film. This one. Yeah, yeah, it's this one. Two or three things I know about
0: her from 1967. I mean, this this film really highlights the fact that that is a B side. Like when you <laughs> really watch this, when you're like, all things set aside, politics or anything else of this film set aside, the quality of this one is so substantially right. higher. Right. than made in usa i i'm s- s- sort of getting more on board with my theory about why he didn't make a movie with that uh, that that producer for a while <laughs> right, right it's like right. this is what you gave me and this is what you did for the one you w- intended to do
1: <laughs> yeah i we didn't bring it up last week but uh maybe because i didn't realize it last week but the the movie the nun that uh goddard um the producer, it was, The Nun couldn't be released because of censorship issues. So that producer asked Goddard to make Made right, in USA. Right. I did not realize that Anna Karina, uh, who stars in Made in USA, was also the star of The Nun.
0: Is The Nun the same story as that other one they're talking about? Yes, that the stage play, play they're talking yeah, about. That's in what that, I thought. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah uh, based on the, the Dyridot uh uh, Deardo, uh, play, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, it also occurs to me that that since Karina and Goddard were going through, uh, a, it's hard to call it a protracted divorce because we talk about it so much. Because he made like five films while they were going through a divorce, right? But also that was a six month window because Goddard was just you gotta realize
0: out. that that <laughs> so. that also. Every one of these films is about Goddard's divorce. Let's be very, very clear here. Now, we're going to talk a lot about the themes of this movie, but it's very important to understand that the actual theme of this movie is also Goddard's divorce.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, well, <laughs> well, deeper to that. Okay. So, before I get into that. Okay. Um, because we will definitely... <laughs> Definitely have things to talk about there. Uh, oh, yeah, we but will. this is one of, this is one of three films that Goddard made uh, that came out in 67 plus two shorts. Um, the other one being weekend, uh, which we will eventually watch in about two, sh- two years. And the Chinois weekend is more of a direct attack on sort of bourgeois cu- culture. Um, mm. uh, and the Chinois is about, uh, young Marxists in Paris. um, so Le Chinois, I'm actually kind of interested in seeing. But
0: I mean, all they'll of that... Pro- they'll probably both be interesting. It's always just... Right. You know, Goddard has a really complicated place in our in our sort of... our right, our right, right, Our right, universe.
1: Right. He makes these movies in 67. hmm And then in 68 is when he starts working with Jean-Pierre Gorin. And Jean-Pierre Gorin and the Ziga Vertov group are when Goddard starts making... His overtly political films, right? Um, of which, Tavabien, which we talked about and loved yeah. a few years ago, is one of the one of the later releases within that period, from '68 to '72, and it came out in '72. But there's about a dozen films in that list too, uh, and I really feel like watching watching these movies from '66, '67, because we had uh, Pierre Lafau as well and. Con- contempt is right in this window too, I feel, I, I believe. Uh, it just, it really feels like Gurin coming on board provides a a lens um, and a tempering that Goddard really needs in order to make a good political film. Well, um, I mean,
0: yeah, because... Well, I guess we're contempt get, is
1: 63. It's a little early, but we're anyway. We're going
0: to get into that. We will get into this because this movie is... Yeah, is is in is is overtly political, like a lot of them are. Yeah, uh, these these films that we've been talking about with Goddard, and that we'll continue talking about with Goddard, because we've pretty much gone through most of the early stuff that is less yes. so. Uh, we've pretty much already put that behind us. So it's overtly political, and you can see that like it has a lot of that sort of new radical vibe to it, where it's like I'm very. <laughs> Right. You right. know, I I got the pamphlets and now I'm just taking wild ass swings at shit. Like I just Right. 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 And and he needs somebody to like put him like a little bit in the right yeah. place, set him on the right track and some of that cuz like by the time we get to um I can't I I can't say French names. The the one we love. I I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> Tobbien. Tabien. I'm mean, gonna screw it up. like in my head I can't arrange the letters in a order that right, makes any right. sense to me. And um by the time you get anyway. there, like the political message is like structured. It's got a shape yes. that we can look at and say, this is a this is the polit this it doesn't meander or wander or just start like flailing at things. Right. It is just the message. And, and that's honestly, that's important.
1: Tavabi makes a lot of the same political points. No, here.
0: absolutely it does. Right? It totally does. It just doesn't also wander around, just you know, kicking random grandmas in the right. ass or whatever. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, so, like it, these early ones just have a lot of like, "Hey, you fuck you too." It's like, yeah. it's like, what, what did I have to do with anything? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a guy yeah. on the street.
1: So uh, part of part of this movie, and part of part of that lashing out is that our star, Marian Vlada, Vladi, rather, um, who plays Juliet here mm-hmm. um, and is introduced in a very interesting way to Goddard's artistic views at the time in that she is first introduced as Marian Vlada on screen mm-hmm. and then introduced as Juliet Jensen with the same it's description. Exactly the exact same description, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Marian Vladi, uh, who Goddard also had first seen uh, when she was a teenager and fall and fell in love with of course uh, Goddard Goddard was uh in love in quotes uh he was going through a divorce and he saw he saw a pretty young woman uh, yep. and that's basically all it takes for Goddard to fall in love. Uh and uh he proposed to her before production. Jesus. And she said no. Good.
0: Thank and God
1: that you know um <laughs> puts a mood on set. Yeah, that, I can see that. Uh that Goddard was apparently uh mad at her through production, not not to a point of firing her, certainly. Um, and particularly uh mad at her during uh post production. So uh we get a little hint of that like in the scene at the garage, uh, where Goddard's whispered uh uh, narration, uh, political commentary on what's going on uh, says that some inanimate things are alive and some living things are dead. and as he says that last part, uh, we get a shot of Marion Vladi standing in the garage. right
0: um, yeah, right. no I, I picked up on I didn't uh, know about the proposal thing, but you kind of pick up on yeah. it like anyway, <laughs> right. like what it does is make the political message of this movie hyper unpalatable, actually. Uh, And the reason I say that, and and I was going to say that it makes it sort of, it ruins it, but this, as far as I can tell, based on interviews that we watch, exactly what Goddard wants to say. Right. And the problem we keep running into is Goddard is making a moral judgment. Right. And he's making the wrong moral judgment. Right. And and by and those things make it not make it stronger, make it even like hyper emphasize him making the wrong moral judgment.
1: Yeah, and the weird part about his wrong moral judgment is that he he's got like all the right premises on his way to that wrong moral judgment, and it just makes draws the wrong conclusion. It's <laughs> right. it's weird. It's like right. if you
0: do your work in in math class and then right get the wrong answer, it's like well yeah. You fucked up. Like I, guess, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like right, try again. Right, right. I got I got to hold it against you, but uh, but just
1: you know, pay attention to what you're doing. Um, which again, I think is is a place Gorin comes. Uh, no, exactly, and that's where uh, you the, get the influence to Bobby, he was Bobby hanging and, out with by yeah, 68. Yeah, of course. Before 68, he also denounces Truffaut as bourgeois and like, yeah, that's true. Not but, wrong, but also, but <laughs> <laughs> pot pot meat kettle. Yeah, okay? right. Absolutely. Uh, no, totally. But, uh, but yeah, um, so also you know, during production here he has he has started courting and dating the woman who will become his second second wife, who is Anna wazemski, who starred in uh al Hazar balthazar uh which also came out in sixty six and she was a teenager i that one uh, whenever
0: you describe that to me like the I find that that one's so much more viscerally repulsive. Right. just because like i know the woman we saw in that movie <laughs> and like the timeline just works out in such a like oh this is this is some fucked up shit you know what i mean it's just like whoa yeah this is not yes. good this is real bad this is very very bad she was
1: she was born in 47 they married in 67 uh she uh that movie came out in 66 and obviously with bresson i assume it was a long enough production cycle that yeah. uh, <laughs> that it, it maybe wasn't shot when she was nineteen. I don't I don't um, think because so, she doesn't. I don't she think certainly doesn't look she, nineteen in right. that movie. She, yeah, that's another thing. She just she's a young looking woman. Period. Yeah. Um, and then she stars in The Chinois in '67 mm-hmm. as well, and Weekend for that matter. Um, so, uh, and she'll be in uh, One Plus One, which I think is one of the first gorin associated films. Um, from Goddard but but yeah, they made a few movies together as as he was wont to do <laughs> right <laughs> He made movies starring his wife. you know, plenty of people did. Uh,
0: and yeah, no I mean were, it's a running theme most of them' were not all, people we like, all of our European directors basically yeah. is yeah, like, oh yeah well, like I'm married to every star that I that I put yeah. in my films. It's a rule yeah
1: of course, you know we had that story during Alhazar balthazar that that bresson also fell in love with her yeah uh, and and she's like,
0: okay, that's great we're going to make a movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And... I mean like oh man, I don't we just yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it cuz it just makes me so uncomfortable right. like. Right, right, right. But but
1: here uh getting stepping back. Yeah. Um here all of that does affect the movie, right? Yeah, because totally. he's <laughs> he's feeling a little miffed and pissed off at Mariana Vladi during production. Uh he has just finalized his divorce from Anna Karina, and he is courting his new wife. Last week, especially, we talked about how the movie is more about the meta-narrative of what's going on with Goddard's life, and that's also true here. Yeah, And part of what's going on is the tumultuousness of his love life internally and externally.
0: The really noticeable difference between these two is that, like— the Made in the U.S. Made in USA feels like just r- like sort of ra- almost random lashing out, like just it uh, it has no it, it has no thematic consistency or anything really to speak of. Whereas this movie is almost feels like it is written on purpose, but like in, like well, I mean, obviously, but written on purpose to be. <laughs> Calling his wife a whore uh, Yeah His ex-wife a whore Like it's really That's the feeling you get Right Like it, it is It it has this like We, we listen to we There's all this extra bonus material Going into like Talking about how we all Prostitute ourselves And a lot of this stuff And also clearly Goddard hasn't learned The wor- meaning of the word Alienation yet As it applies to Marx <laughs> Marx's uh, You know <laughs> Right 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 rhetoric. He's heard it But, but he's what not that quite me- there He doesn't get it Because he's like That's not what I'm talking about He's like no that, No <laughs> I love Brother, that's I what love, you're talking about. That's the word. That's the word we use. Yeah, you're
1: making a reference to uh, one of the bonus features is a sort of debate with a government official, uh, the guy who writes the uh, predictions for the uh, Department of Treasury, I think it was, M- Ministry of Treasury. Uh, and, like, that guy assumes Goddard knows what he's talking about with Marxism. Yes, and, yeah, he and, does. And, yeah. and it, says, oh, like, you're talking about alienation. He's like, no, I don't mean alienation. I mean prostitution. Uh, it's like... <laughs>
0: No, like, that's the word we use for right, this right, thing, right, this right. phenomenon. Uh, no, so like it's very, it's a very, but that one also lays so clearly bare what Goddard's moral judgment, like, our, he does it in the movie anyway. But like, it just he just comes out and says it, it like it's like what his moral judgments are for the in this film, and like I said, they're wrong, they're bad. He makes wrong moral judgments. Uh, but like, um, he basically in him going he because he brings it up multiple times talking about he uses other examples he talks about other industries and how they we all prostitute ourselves and we'll get into his bad he also has a bad definition of the word prostitute, um, uh, like a non functional definition of the word prostitute, but um he he talks about uh like specifically brings up actors and actresses multiple times in commercials right, and right, right, it's like, right, right. you are just mad at your ex-wife. <laughs> right. Like let's be really clear here. You, your ex-wife and the woman who is just right. <laughs> told you But that I, I'm gonna lean mostly to I'm you, gonna lean mostly that most of the sore spot is is Anna Karina and it's right. it's and 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 like it's this hurts this extra bit and it like just adds salt to the wound, but like this feels more like that thing where you get mad at some random like m- tiny thing, right? When like because you're actually mad at something really much bigger, and you can't deal with it, so you start getting mad at like smaller th- like he. Right. I basically what I'm saying is he basically probably for a certain to a certain extent proposed to this woman so that she would reject him,
1: right? And right. so he could right.
0: be m- mad more
1: so he could continue to be mad and right. that feed his feed his art for a, a couple more minutes.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, you
1: no know, that that does kind of make sense. Um, it's, I mean that's
0: after especially if right. that bonus show that's exactly how yeah. I'm forced to read this movie. Like that's like, this movie.
1: Again, a lot of the other stuff Goddard's mad about he should be mad about. Like what he's actually like projecting that anger onto. This idea of advertising as prostitution and as uh, right, you know, but here's every, a but every worker within within capitalism is is selling their body in the same way that uh, a a sex worker is. He still reaches the wrong conclusion well, of like, sex like, work is, there. But yeah, he does.
0: He absolutely does. He makes <laughs> yeah. a severe wrong turn because he's towards still moralizing he's still making... about... Right. What, He's still
1: what, moralizing about sex work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, but uh, I also the prostitution t- of labor is bad, not because it's prostitution. Right. But because and, and, of well, the, exactly. The and, and he does right?
0: talk often about how, like, in that, especially in that bonus material, about how, like, that's a moral problem. And I'm like, no, you don't know. Like, no. Bad Goddard. Bad. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, is I, I want to go back. He defines prostitution as being forced to do something you don't want to do okay yeah and and we run it and it doesn't it doesn't work as it applies to labor or to pro, to prostitution uh and I forget his exact quotes now because like I processed it at the time and I was like oh Goddard's wrong about this but like what instead of defining both in the worker general worker sense and in the sex work sense as like being it, uh, creating an environment where you have to do labor right. to to survive, he doesn't define it that way. He defines it as being forced to do something you don't want to do, which presumes that all laborers don't like their labor right, and that it's that the problem is not the 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 economic conditions you're put in that that render you alienated from your work that produce a problem. And that like separate you from the profit, you know, through you know alienation, right? Like separate right. you from from the from the value you generate. He defines it as forcing you to do something you don't want to do. Right. And like, bear in mind, in in whatever Marxist utopian we utopia we create, everybody still has to work. <laughs> like, yeah. Otherwise, things just don't like. We we still need <clears throat> to like, you know, make food. The difference right. is you're not. You're trying. To, your ultimate goal is to not alienate. The labor from their labor and so like it's like he's and we see we clear that up by the time we get to Taobabien. somebody yes. has sat down and taught goddard what marxism <laughs> right. is
1: right 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 uh so part of it is and i feel like the the movie sort of displays this part of it i feel is goddard's Uh, mental state at this time allowing him to slightly misread the news article that is the inspiration for this Mm -hmm. Um, because the news article is particularly about uh, women living in these middle-class high-rises that uh, turn to prostitution in order to afford the comforts of a middle-class life. Right. And in fact, there is a quote from one of the husbands of these women uh, who doesn't know what his wife is doing uh, in the article where he says, oh, she's just a wizard at bargains. I don't understand how she can feed my family and raise my kids oh, my on the amount of income. money yeah. on my meager income. And <clears throat> And it's because in order to afford the basic comforts of middle-class life, the rent at this building that that she is forced into it. Now getting deeper. And one thing Goddard I wish had connected more directly, but we can see what's in there. Getting deeper. These people have been forced into this new build because the urbanization of the uh, of the the areas around Paris and the urban sprawl of Paris and the destruction of low-income housing for highways and the carification right. of of Paris have uh, destroyed communities right. and yeah, forced a, a, people into this. So and have, have radically yeah.
0: altered this. And he talks right. a little bit about that, but the way it comes off with Garvey, because, again, he hasn't formulated a coherent philosophy yet, is sort of just this kind of flailing out against like right. the new construction. And, and like, I, not really seeming to be... And again, he always seems to just keep coming back to a moral judgment, which is really problematic. Right.
1: And he is, he's, of course, very willing to lay that at the hands of de Gaulle and the Gaullist, the Gaullist government. But with the title made in USA uh, for, for the, the other movie and with his frequent allusion to, to advertising and, and American culture throughout, throughout his production, it seems like he's laying that at the feet of American empire, uh, which is fair and not fair because the problem is ultimately capitalism. Right, right, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... He, and, and capitalism exists in France without America. Right, so, right, yeah, like,
0: He he's doing, he is, yeah, and, and again, this seems to be something he does eventually rectify later on right, mentally, but right, like, right. The, it, it's that sort the of knee-jerk reaction gonna, to be like, well, if, if it weren't for those, those outsiders coming in and polluting our right, way of life, right, 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 we right. would be fine here. I mean... And there's a lot of other like you know and yeah and he also doesn't seem to be fully at this time willing to dig into like okay Goddard why are these women doing this right now right. never and never even, mind the fact that like we we again part of that moral judgment is like this this sort of automatic assumption about people's motivations based on an article you read in a newspaper one time right like right we we don't you know. This and, and oddly enough, our the our government official makes the point that, like, this is – oddly enough, our government official seems to be really not right. against any of the philosophies <laughs> at hand like, here. He's like, right. this the plan, the thing we're doing is absolutely forcing these women to do – like, right. creating right. the economic environment where women feel like this is a good – like, a, a thing they should do. Right. Um, we do not – you know, and then, like – You know, he also is not willing to go against. He's also still part of the problem because he's like, "Well, this is also the plan." for doing. He frames
1: it. He frames it as an inevitable result of capitalism, but does not condemn capitalism for producing that inevitable result.
0: Whereas Goddard isn't even at the stage of blaming capitalism quite yet. (laughs) Right. Right. Even the interview about this movie.
1: (sighs) And it's you know it's a, a subtle difference between capitalism and consumerism, right? And Goddard's Goddard's mad at consumerism right now, right? But consumerism,
0: uh, it, by its nature, does it blames the result rather than the cause, right? Which is right. a problem, right? It is it is it is a way it it, it in any form that we run anti consumerism when you run into it is is only really one step away from blaming the consumer, right. And and, and 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 even then is only blaming a symptom of the problem rather than the actual problem right, a, right. at best.
1: And the fact that so much of Goddard's experience and his love life is with pretty young actresses, he also frames the results of that problem, whereas in the original article uh, it was to feed their kids and these were just normal, everyday people right. trying yeah. to feed their kids and p- stay in a house and, uh, you know, live... Live, yeah there's a keeping up with the joneses aspect of it i'm sure but the most of it is at least in the framing of the article as i understand it is is literally staying in
0: the house yeah absolutely <laughs> right. and, and 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 bear in mind there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things about that article that they, we don't get the whole article or anything like right, that right 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 and i haven't a, gone the,
1: back to read the whole article
0: so there's I a can't, lot of interesting right. things about it because like in that environment one could definitely see like the, the sort of seeds of Goddard's argument in the sense that like, because the husband and the wife are engaged in exactly the same thing. In, right. in, in and in that environment, they both have to do things. They have to, they have to sacrifice the time of their life to make the, make this possible to yeah. be here. And presumably they don't necessarily want to be here. Maybe, but there's no other place to be. Right, given the Whereas, sort of centralizing nature of, of the capitalist like project right. in France at the time. Yeah. Whereas what
1: Goddard presents in the film is our main character turning prostitution almost out of ennui. And well, she... he does
0: ennui, but he also combines ennui with like hyper consumerism because they're always right. shopping for dresses right. and stuff, and it's desire, like, and desire
1: this... for nice new designer dresses from Vogue. And it, right.
0: keep in mind, there's. Fundamentally, yeah, well, we can get it. There's a there's a whole line of argument about the the position and concept of prostitution in Marxist philosophy because, right? You know, it's just it's a really complicated conversation to have because each level takes you in a different, slightly different direction. But right. the the point is that there's nothing wrong inherent. There's nothing morally wrong with somebody doing that to buy new dresses either. If that's yeah. what they want to do, the issue is the fact that a dresses are. I mean, if we get into the hyper meta of Mars's problem, a dresses are for sale. Uh, problem B, that's not actually what they're doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you get into this thing where, like, well, they, you know, you know, people don't right. sell anything for anything if there are no things for sale. But like, whatever. That's that's taking it it's five steps further than we want to talk about with Goddard because Goddard's right, certainly right, right. not there yet not even a little bit but like stepping back Goddard is that that just doubles his moral judgment right because they're just they're they're quote unquote doing a moral wrong to just buy frivolous things that they want basically right, right, oh right. a moral wrong so they can have pretty dresses is basically Goddard's argument here which is certainly not what that article article is about
1: Right, at least not from anything we've read about that article. Well, but or, the or but seen about
0: the, the move, one of the mo- at least one of the documentaries is like lays out the plot right. of the article, which is right not that. Right. I also right. like the proposal in the film that the husband that. Let's be clear here. I'm pretty sure that husband knows what's <laughs> going on. Okay, like he's <laughs> right, just saving right. face. He can't. He can't tell the newspaper article. I right. I, you know, there's a lot of masculine. Whatever I forget what it's called, uh, like uh, I, I forget what, what the word I'm looking for, but like he's not gonna like lose face as a man by admitting right. that he can't support his family, so his wife has to go out and commit and do prostitution, which presumably he views as a moral wrong, right? Like he, it, that's just not gonna happen in this magazine. Like that, no way in hell is that magazine gonna get that article written. Like that's just not gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot here in terms of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it's... <laughs> oh, Goddard. There's not really much of a
0: plot to this movie, which no, is No, it doesn't fine. really need one. Uh, it, like, I, I stand behind mean, the, right. the assessment of this being a sort of video essay. There's no right. problem. It, it is. That's fine. It is. It is a day in her life. Uh, sort of Juliet's it's a life. little the day the time progression is disjointed and a little confusing right right
1: but it could be over the course of a couple it, days, it feels like
0: it feels like he fictionalized a newspaper article where maybe like it's they fall they right. interviewed her about a week of time or something like that and just have snippets of it or something like that yeah I will I will say that
1: Goddard doing anti consumer consumerist ethnography well I let's feel, be very
0: clear here about something <laughs>
1: Right? No. I, a lot of I people, understand. A
0: lot of people involved in this, including Goddard, are throwing around a lot of words, and Goddard knows right, better. Because right, Goddard right. does know better. Right. What Do- Goddard I, did was make a fiction.
1: Yes. And then he's kind feel, of
0: couching it in the sort of trappings right. of ethnography.
1: Right. Yes, no, I understand, and I'm using Sorry, his term in order to say way. in order to say, even in his false use of that terminology. This does feel a little better than a Shohai Imamura
0: film. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and, I'm not. And you're I'm not, not wrong. Yeah. No, it does. Um, yeah, because and I don't. We've been know. through this. Shohei's Imamura is not th- is not there on any of this stuff. He's not even on the path towards right. Right. This right. And at least got on the society. path. Yeah.
1: And I can I can see later work where where goddard's more. <laughs> has 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 learned whereas with immemorial we had that with the last immemorial films we had those interviews of him much older and much even beyond worse. making these movies and, and even even worse, worse. So, like just a yeah. real piece of shit
0: like yeah like we we know that goddard h- continues to have the problems that goddard has right like right, we right. know this and we and we get to weigh that against goddard becoming willing to make aggressively anti-capitalist movies and so we get that sort of, we get to, we get to do that thing that we, that we all have to do where we say, okay, well, this person is f- severely flawed, but at least has some of the ideas right. You know, right. Shohei Yumamura is in no way on the right track. So... Right, and then he gets. He also likes to throw around the word ethnography, which is just
1: right. Which is why I, why yes, I I know, because they are both, they are both doing doing bad things that they're calling ethnography. Well,
0: and the thing is, is what what makes me kind of annoyed is that like, Goddard literally knows better, right? Like studied anthropology, and now mind you, he studied anthropology in the fucking forties, so (laughs) that has its own issues associated with it. But like, and and just as anthropology now has its own issues with it, but the, he knows what an ethnography is and, and, and they do, they do couch it in this as being sort of like ethnography styled. Nobody directly calls it an ethnography. They, they do weasel word their way out of being like, but, but it is styled to be like that both in format and everything else. like. We we even have her answering questions from an unseen documentarian, essentially, which right. is Goddard whispering in her ear through a, an earpiece and having her answer questions. It is, it is, it, which she answers, and the the audience remains, or the the people around her seem to be oblivious to her answering. It's got this very, it's it, it's almost like a dream ethnography in the sense that like right. he's he's created an envir- a fake environment where he can't interfere with like so you know you you know you're trying to you need to interview people right and you want to observe them doing the things that they're supposed that they would normally do but you can't actually ask them questions at that time because that would be directly interfering with what's happening and would derail you wouldn't actually get to see whatever it is you're trying to record right yeah and but where- so here he can just ask questions and then the and the people around her just ignore it. The answers. It's very weird.
1: But where that becomes even more of a problem is that to the audience, there is no effective difference than the words Goddard actually wrote for them to say, and for and for what they are saying off the cuff, answering the questions. Well, that's uh, that's because it's not
0: lives. in any way. It is in no way an ethnography because she's not the right. thing she is that she's not the thing this right. is about. Right. She doesn't. This is not her life. No, she's just. An and actress. we talked about it's it's it has pro- because an ethnography would be. He would go find that high rise that's in the newspaper, right. and would spend a lot of time and energy, sort of slowly getting to know those people and trying to sort of embed himself in there, and 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 you know, and even then we get we don't need to get into postmodernism and, and anthropology and the fact right, that like it's right. impossible not to interfere, and, and then, then post postmodernism all that stuff. But the point being that he just made some stuff up. Yeah, like he just wrote a story like, and then framed it in this style, which is
1: yeah, iffy behavior. I feel like I feel like the uh, the earpiece thing um, and the sort of interview style uh, we've talked about with Goddard before. Maybe it was uh, masculine, feminine. Um, really, I I like that sounded like new information was, to me. I was like was, really
0: surprised. I was like, what is this? There was one he thing.
1: There was one thing we'd seen from around this time, but just prior. Where he was looking at young people and their relationship to sex.
0: Oh right. And he, what there were a that? couple
1: times. I I really feel like it was masculine, feminine, but it I can't be. remember for sure. It's been so um, long
0: since we watched Masculine Feminine that I like. Right. Even in this thing they were talking about, and I was like, I don't remember any of this. I yeah. can't remember any of that movie. But but within that, he asks
1: his actors and actresses questions and allow them to respond out of character, um, about, about how they feel in life. And maybe he's interviewing like random people who, who aren't even part of the movie and, and blah, blah, blah. That melding of, of fiction and a belief that this is a documentary, which is really, you know, it's a film where we, essay, you right, know, it's not necessarily a problem.
0: No it's what we run into a problem is, is it's very unclear in everything I read about whether or not Goddard believes this is legitimate or not right, right like he right, knows right. he's not doing an ethnography because they weasel out of those were they weasel out of that every time by by couching it in a lot of like sort of a lot of extra adjectives that are <laughs> modifying it but like it's still unclear to me even now whether or not Goddard believes he presented the truth or not hmm. Like even regardless of whether or not it's an actual interview, about whether or not he believes that like he is showing the world the truth of the thing that is happening in this place, because in a lot of the interviews it kind of sounds like he does, where he's like, "Oh, I just want to like he has this sort of like I I'm it has this air of like well I'm revealing the truth to the world about how this is all shaping out in this place and in this time." And that's that's where you get into a problem, right? Because he's not like he made up a, right. a story. That's right. not that's not showing and, people the truth in any particular capacity, right?
1: And what really gets me, gets, <laughs> what really gets up on me with that is that all of the scenes of construction, of demolition, of building new highways, uh, suggests in the vacuum that God or in the in the what Goddard has created suggests he is using that to say the old ways are being torn down and these new ways are being built up. Right, But he doesn't jump to these new ways are being forced upon us, right? Through this infrastructure, through De Gaulle. And there's a little bit of it at the very beginning when he introduces, you know, he's doing the narration about the guy who's now in charge of, of this area, who is the urban planner, And he actually uses the word infrastructure for a moment, Um, but, but there's no, what I would want to see from Goddard in this moment. And what I feel like maybe in just a year and a half, Goddard may be more ready to show us, you know, Tavabian's the only movie we've seen from that period. So,
0: right. We're going to find, we are going to find out. We're going to get to see the progression.
1: This is a time in history. In Europe and in America, I can't speak to elsewhere because those are the places I'm familiar with this happening. But this is a time in history where uh, community is being remade forcibly by infrastructure. Right, Where highways are being laid down, where car car culture is being forced on us. (laughs) Um, uh, And Goddard recognizes the aspect of that that is the consumerism. Uh, but again, talking about consumerism really blames the victims of what's happening. Right, right. It's not talking about the superstructure that is producing.
0: Blames right. the sort of like middlemen who enact. Right. The thing, like, right. oh well, they're they're tearing down all of our buildings. Like, yeah, but why are they tearing down all your building? You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. are they building this? Like,
1: and why are they building it there? Yeah, exactly. Why? Absolutely why why does the highway go through this part of town why is why is this the building that's getting destroyed well uh in America it was because that's where the black people live uh in in Paris um well given given the current state of these same areas of Paris it is where all the immigrants ended up yeah, living yeah I mean, whether or is, not they lived there then it was still
0: poor people then yeah it is still it is still at least like class based it is where all the poor people are and and it it is yeah and he's just not he doesn't talk about that basically at all he doesn't get into that and he and like i just keep running into this thing where like you just you just have this thing it's like yeah like what what forces are in play here they're like are are because like keep in mind like even these forces even exist like we can absolutely blame De Gaulle. Let's be very clear here. We can 100% <laughs> right, blame right, De Gaulle, right, right, but right. De Gaulle also didn't create the global capitalist hegemony that is <laughs> right, coming right. into power at this is coming into full force of power at this moment. Like right. he's definitely part of it. He's definitely on Team Global Capitalist Hegemony. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like, it's also important that we like we have to keep every level of it in mind. Right. Like that. Like. Yeah. It's fascinating because, not to sort of derail us and go in a totally different direction, I just feel like we could probably spin our wheels on, like, yeah, talking about almost. how Goddard doesn't realize that there's a. <laughs> right. There's a. There is not a conspiracy, but a. A a conspiracy of all of, of similar interests that exist in the world. Um, and, like, get into the fact that, like, also he's having a conversation, a very. Confused, I think, conversation about global, like globalism in general, because yeah. the places, every location is jam packed with international travel posters. Right, they're just fucking jam packed. They're almost all the Asia, and so they're almost they're almost exclusively travel to Asia, and I think you get into a few a few different things there. There's there's a lot of things that could be going on there. But um, it's just I don't know exactly what his exactly. Well, obviously, this movie is
1: also about the Vietnam War. It is, it is. But like, you know,
0: but like you get it gets confusing because yes, it is, but he seems to be sort of expanding it outward into a sort of like into a sort of like uh, like like maybe colonialist project in Asia, sort of commentary, but very haphazardly without a lot of direction
1: it comes it comes very close to anti-colonial but then at the same time when uh when juliet is in that apartment with the american whose name is john bogus great on the nose yeah. love it goddard really do actually
0: I, not, i'm not always being a fan sarcastic of any, there i'm always a fan yeah. of making the american wear an american, te- <laughs> american t-shirt always a good
1: choice. right 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 um but what she says there, uh, maybe it's there, maybe it's somewhere else. But she, they're talking about Vietnam particularly. And uh, she says that uh, she comments on how uh, amazing it is, weird it is, that someone in Europe on this date in 1966 can think of a person in Asia. And that, that sort of presents this critique of mass media. Yeah, that it's we very convenient well, that we yeah, get in the the time of Twitter a lot of we were never meant to know this much about right. the, the rest well, we of the get world. A like, our brains specific- can't handle
0: it. I can't. But- I don't know what Goddard's stance on some of this stuff is at this point because right. Goddard also like John Bogus is also meant to be like a an astonishingly like gross and, hippos, and hypocritical figure. Right? He is right. a he is a war journalist who profits off of the war while also talking about how bad the war is and right. is and and then it has a bunch, it makes a bunch of weird it does makes them do a bunch of weird stuff that I don't like I don't know what the <laughs> travel there's something it's in the travel commentary on your on, head. yeah I don't I know I just
1: Pan Am and uh Amy Tobin's uh essay also gets into that a little bit of of now the joke is that at the time Pan Am was could have been you know the largest company in the world and too big to fail and like now it's a different joke in that Pan Am does doesn't exist. Doesn't even exist anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah,
0: no, and I assume there was like some statement about him not like wanting to see the faces of the women. I'm sure there's something in there. I was just also fascinated by like, you know, he's he is essentially also a war profiteer and like he makes this really fucked up statement that like is just part of the movie and again I don't I assume it's Goddard making a moral judgment, but at this point I don't really know what his moral judgment about like how the amount of money they spend on the war could buy X number of fine women like yourselves," he says, "which he is says just a, a very fucked up statement."
1: I, I wrote down the quote exactly. A dead Viet Cong cost the U.S. Treasury one million dollars. Johnson could buy twenty thousand girls like these two for the same price. Uh,
0: and it's yeah. a, that's just a very <laughs> fucked up statement. Just a really right. deeply fucked right. up statement. And <laughs> but it is it is this it is delivered uh, by obviously a yeah a bad guy like like don't get me wrong like
1: but it's also it also you know is is the suggestion more than a point that uh american militarism is out of is is just a dick measuring contest right um and you know i can't fault him (laughs) <laughs> that's not, Although, exactly but that's a, that wrong. is uh, that it's... is
0: honestly if you come out with if your final conclusion is american uh, imperialism is a dick measuring contest, you probably have drawn the you've definitely wrong yeah. drawn the wrong conclusions about why imperialism happens right, like right, like right. like I hate to break it to you, but like if that's your conclusion you've you've you have read not nearly deep enough into the situation you have not gone far enough in because like yeah, there's a lot of dick measuring going on, on the uh, at any given time. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the imperialist project exists to serve the needs of previously aforementioned capitalist project. Right. Like, you right. have to have th- the one requires the other in order to, to continue functioning. Um, actually, they both require each other. Just one's cause, one's right. effect. Right, right. Like,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> uh. Eventually, it becomes an divorce. Um, yeah, that's also that is also true. Feeding there, on there, itself,
0: absolutely. Like you can't cancel yeah. one because you would have to cancel the other. But like, yeah,
1: I'm. This isn't on Goddard. Uh, certainly, and we've seen plenty of other movies from this period that are dealing with similar things. Um, uh, I think of Sweet Movie uh, in particular, but this, the sexual politics and the conflation of communism with the sexual politics is something, something. I don't encounter as much now but at the same time i think i'm disconnected from it enough obviously in the 60s with uh with uh the feminism that was going on in the 60s this is a conversation that needs to be had and i think still today there's there's certainly misogyny within leftist circles absolutely for for sure um yeah uh yeah and, and patriarchal hierarchy within leftist circles that needs to be critiqued. Um, but with Goddard, communism is just sex here. And, and there's, there's an aspect of movies like sweet movie where that's also true. Um, but like ending, you know, toward the end, the, the little boy talks about his homework being an essay he's writing on the topic of is comradeship possible between boys and girls. right. Um, you know is and it's this relationship of the sexes and and all of the conversations about communism within this movie are a guy who just wants in the woman's pants and a woman who's actually asking legitimate questions about <laughs> what's right. going on and um and that's you know there's there's good and bad in that too um i like the the little side conversation not with Richard, not with Juliet's w- husband, where he's trying to flirt with the girl sitting next to him, right. but the the other uh, male female couple in that bar scene, uh, where she's asking him legitimate questions about explaining the politics here, and and he eventually breaks down and says, "Ah, uh, it'll it'll be easier to explain all this to you once com- communism <laughs> happens. Right. Under communism, right. it'll be easier to explain." <laughs> um, when she's asked how will things, she's literally just asked him how things will be different under communism, right. and he says it'll be easier to explain under communism. Right. Uh, so, but but that also implies that Goddard's experience with communism is with idiots. Uh, well, and maybe right? Just no, get, I mean, get yeah, a Better quality.
0: I, <laughs> yeah. In this movie, fascinatingly enough, in this movie. We get a lot of sort of like pseudo Goddard stand-ins and they all are just idiots who don't know what they're talking about, which is fascinating in and of itself. But like, yeah, I think, yeah, we don't, again, it is very telling that the interview post the movie with a person who, with a person who's not even presumably pro-communist is the most enlightened conversation that the movie has about the nature of communism uh because goddard just doesn't know goddard just doesn't real like goddard has gone far enough to realize that the system is fucked up right and that's a great great first step but goddard has literally taken step one and been like well this system is fucked up and then yeah. like now i'm gonna make a movie about the system that is fucked up it's like but the problem is is that you end up even like not quite analyzing what system it is that you want to talk about actually yeah. you know yeah, it's but just he's real. It's early days, right? It's really early there days.
1: Is, there is an existence in that conversation, and in the conversation of Richard trying to get that woman to to talk about her generals. Right. <laughs> um,
0: what a where, what a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Where
1: where there is a reading at least where Goddard realizes that patriarchy is still a problem under communism, uh, and that that needs to be worked on too. But there's also just a weird reading of that where. These are the things goddard Goddard's male characters here are delivering the lines that Goddard is interested in and uh and that's bad but. right
0: and and I, not to be like really the naysayer of this of this conversation, but that is kind of my job, yeah, I'd like to believe um <laughs> Goddard may not even realize that those things are inherently negative in and of himself yeah. like yes. Richard is being bad but I don't know if we're supposed to draw the moral conclusion that what he is doing is bad because it is inherently Robert, a patriarchal way, it's not Richard I, I don't know my his problem, name I don't know anybody's anyway. fucking name I just go with yeah. whatever you say if you you could just start making right. up names if I
1: goofed want. it up and that's the problem but it's Robert
0: uh, Robert sorry um, but what I mean is like what I'm saying is is that like you get this real problem of separation here, where it's hard to tell if Gardner's critiquing the patriarchal like hierarchy and sort of and that sort of stuff, and sort of like um, you know problems with masculinity that are present in the left through Robert, or if he's just trying to make a moral judgment about the fact that like Robert is trying to hit on another woman,
1: right? Or or trying or to make a moral like judgment about the woman who uh, won't freely talk about sex, right? There's and like that is, it's a, that is somehow and, and, and a problem, and especially for
0: her. in a movie where he's sort of also. Saying he's also making the argument that like he's again kind of being he's being pretty gross about like talking about like prostitution and and, and right. in the way and like being kind of like judgmental where it's like oh like they won't even like women will do this will do a but they won't even do B there's a lot of readings of this and it's 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 really hard to draw a conclusion because these scenes are not don't sort of convey their message very clearly. And I kind of think it's probably because Goddard doesn't know what his message is exactly. Because right, bear in mind, right. Goddard's also just angry at his ex-wife,
1: right? And I think, I think you know, one, it would have been a larger project, but I almost feel like for a Criterion release, given given what they've done in the past, I almost feel like this should have been the spine number, and Made in USA should have been a bonus feature. On I agree.
0: This. I completely agree. Um, made in usa didn't really need to be a spy number at all
1: right but made in usa frames what's going on here much better in that it is more clear that this is goddard wildly swinging as right. as a yeah. lot of things are changing in his life right right uh his relationship to to the money he is raised in his relationship to art and American art in particular and the constructs of film language um and language in general too Well we don't know? god so, like, oh man listen, I forgot uh, the thing that me, actually
0: of... mainly annoyed me throughout yeah. the entire movie was Goddard's bad linguistic philosophy <laughs> it was just fucking annoying actually it was like this is we are this is this isn't good on any level we
1: are uh in an interesting time in the 60s where Pop linguistics is a thing that actually exists. Uh, Yeah, Um, I know, and it's (laughs) it's not great. So
0: bad. It's I like how generous you are by saying it's not great. Um, (laughs) God, man, like just people being like, "How do you know it's a knee or whatever?" And it's like, yeah, what if what what if I just punched you? Another (laughs) option is I could just punch you.
1: How would you know it was a punch? Like, Uh,
0: like you're just doing shitty, bad, fake linguistics, right? Right. Oh, it's exhausting. It just gives me a headache. I was watching I'm like, please stop doing this. And it's even in like the bonus materials because they're like, he's prepping them. And it's like these super quote like quote unquote super deep questions. And they're like, man, you just ask, like, boy, were you high? And this is a freshman dorm room. I don't understand right, what's right, going on here. Right. Like, these are not what things a- that serious people have conversations about because they're stupid. It's a stupid what if, conversation. What if what I call blue is what you call green, man? What is, uh, what if? It's, oh God, it's exhausting. And like, I don't even, we don't even have, we do not have the time in this podcast for us to spend the next hour of us complaining about that bullshit. Like, it's just, right, oh right, right, God, right, 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 it's right. just like, come on, man. Like, yeah. again, are you a freshman? Is this a college dorm? Are you high? Right. Because that's the and, only yeah. acceptable scenario for this conversation that you're trying to have but, to be happening,
1: but Pat, you have to realize that that freshmen in college can have that conversation because of the inroads laid by Goddard and, <laughs> oh, and his. He, he, in paid, the 60s. he walked
0: so that we could run. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alternatively, no, <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people did a lot of work a long time ago to make those inroads. Goddard's yeah. just going to college again yeah well, you know in a
1: in a way, he is going through college again because he's trying to date teenagers and he's yeah, discovering absolutely. marxism so. right
0: yeah no yeah, he's just a little bit late to the show that's all
1: right 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 uh you know everybody's got to grow up sometime <laughs> right uh, right
0: and as as it turns out as we've discovered quite often for from for European male film directors, that happens around the age of forty five. Right, and uh, and and again around the age of fifty, and yeah, again and around again, the age again, of 50 <laughs> a few more times. Uh, I actually yeah. don't know how old Goddard is right now at that moment that he's making the film, but like
1: uh, thirty-six, actually. Yeah,
0: he's but. he's actually honestly he's a little young on the scale. He's actually an early bloomer <laughs> right. for for European film directors uh, in terms of growing up. Yeah.
1: Uh man. So and then every
0: so the, often you meet one of the ones that is, was born old. <laughs> Yeah. They're great.
1: Um uh, at least they all make fine art. Uh yeah. well, at least most of them make fine art.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so some of them make fine some of them the Criterion Collection tells us it's fine art and then we're forced yeah. to believe it. Any one of these issues we could spend an hour just spinning in circles. Like Right, right, right. I mean, I will say again, I actually like a lot about this movie. Like yeah. I, did, I mean, especially when you compare it to Made in USA. It's just it is head and shoulders better obviously but yeah. i like i like the i despite me being annoyed by the fake ethnography ethnography sort of framing i like the video essay style it's a thing i enjoy right. in general in film and, I'm, and, and, and i and and it seems in many ways from everything i understand Goddard is pioneering it in many ways here yeah and a, it is a style that i go on to like in fu- future iterations by other directors
1: Right, and made in USA still trying to hold on to some aspect of it being a thriller, uh, because mostly because uh, don't even they know. had a they had a, yeah. a, a a a book license that they needed to to right. use so that they could get in trouble in America. Um, but uh, but what's happening here is better to the format of what Goddard wants to do with his art in this moment. Right. Right. And, and made in USA was much more wild swinging than what this is, where it gets more personal down to a personal level, whether or not it gets more real with that personal level. It doesn't seem to really, because he's, he's still, he's framing it in ways where, where the people actually doing the research, uh, don't frame it that way. Um, right. Uh, and where even his, uh, even his co-writer for the screenplay, uh, comes out later and says, yeah, he, uh, he really interpreted this wrong. Right. <laughs> um, uh, cause she, you know, she's not the co-writer on the script here is Catherine Vene. Um, And she is, uh, she sort of picks up the work of the woman who wrote the original newspaper article, if I'm understanding correctly, um, which was, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting this backwards, uh, Wikipedia credits Catherine, uh, Vimernay as, as a co-writer here, um, and then a woman named Marie Cardinal uh, wrote a book about the movie, and sort of picked up okay. Vemare's work. And and she later uh, explicitly complains about, you know, Goddard's script being an outrage uh, because Shooting Stars was about normal, ugly women <laughs> trying to feed their kids, not not about beautiful young. <laughs> actresses trying to to buy dresses yeah Um, i mean yes
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah uh and to betray these women differently is to betray their cause she says um so yeah i think there are there are obviously complaints to be made about the reality of the situation he's exploring i think there are also complaints to be made about his lack of going far enough in some of in right. Some of the ideas he's presenting here, uh, but we will see him grow into those ideas uh, when he stops tr- getting into communism, so that he can fuck a college student instead of you know, right, actually right. starting. Well, to I mean, yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but but yeah, um, and I don't, you know, we, Goddard really does seem disillusioned with. Yeah, i I, I don't think it's necessarily with, fair to yeah, to, to assign not, him that particular malady right right, right, his, right, right. his his he just desire to also fuck, happens to be doing that yes he is,
0: uh, he is a bad he is bad in a lot of ways uh right i I don't necessarily think that a and b are directly necessarily connected <laughs> right. but um no it, he just he has to grow into it oddly enough a thing that I wanted to bring up is I talked about it briefly we sort of got into it, and I was talking about, well, you know, a thing I really enjoy is video essays. And then I started my the wheels of my head spinning again, one right. that I had thought that had been spinning while I was watching this. And I was like, it is also worth noting to point out that this is not a style that Goddard invented right. uh, because every anthropology film made prior to Goddard making this looks exact in many ways exactly like this. Right. right, right. Um, I, I will say they they interfere less with their their subjects because, again, that's bad in right. the sense that they don't directly interview them in front of their friends and family. Uh, but but that sort of and, and I, I use anthropology as a frame reference because that's a kind of what he's doing, but also because I watched a lot of those fucking films. Right. Uh right. ones that pre and post date Goddard's work here. Uh, I mean, bear in mind that some of the most famous ones I've ever I ever saw were filmed in like late fifties, early sixties. So Goddard would have probably seen them because yes. they were fairly famous. They did play in theaters, uh, and so like, w- w- is Goddard applying them to works of fiction and to like mainstream film innovative? Yes, but like, you know there are some really famous anthropology documentaries that like look and act like this in many ways. So it's just, it's worth noting that, that he is doing something innovative, but it's not necessarily where I should, I wanted to clarify that like he didn't whole cloth of into style here. Right, 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 (laughs) right, right, right. It's, it's cool. I like it because I do like the idea of doing fiction in a sort of video essay style. I do, again, it does have a serious problem with him making it kind of confusing and like trying to almost kind of borderline trick his audience into thinking it's real, because uh, it's fiction. But like, nonetheless, it's still neat. Um, but yeah, he. It's just a thing I was thinking about because I was like, oh, like he's. I should make sure that I'm not trying to claim that he's inventing a thing. Right. 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 You're right. Yeah,
1: he is. He is. Working in a world that exists, right?
0: Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and presuming yeah. that he, this is a field he has interest in, he has definitely watched these these documentaries right. that, that we that everybody ha- that lots of people have and like seen the style done to try to teach people about people in another place. Now, never mind right. how that is also its own colonial project and the, the whole a whole lot of shit there. I'm not. We don't. We just do not have the time.
1: But right. right. I guess. In a way, this kind of boils under our same problem with, uh, with the human condition. In that the human condition was an anti-war film. In that it was anti that war, right. and not anti war. Whereas this movie is anti consumerist, but not anti capitalism.
0: Right, <laughs> and and, and even right. even then, right, like the same thing we were talking about is very specifically <clears throat> anti what's happening in Paris right now. Right, 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 right. It doesn't necessarily draw any broader conclusions about the nature of, uh, you know, the modern neoliberal right. construct and all that stuff, which you know, you don't always have to do that. Right, like, but you're does, not. But it's. But this is a movie useful. that does
1: make feints to that stuff by right. talking about Vietnam, right, right. and talking about. Uh, American cultural hegemony, I, yeah. uh, and being implemented far
0: and wide. I do uh, wonder. I really, it would be. I I would love to watch a much more. Ex- I know it doesn't exist, but a much more extensive documentary of with God, like interview with Goddard, digging into his politics at the that very moment. Because I don't. I wonder if he has reached the point, even at this point, of contextualizing the war in Vietnam as a part of a global imperialist project in service of a global capitalist project.
1: Right. Or because... if he just sees
0: it as a bad thing we're doing. Because yeah. in earlier movies, mind you, he does under, he talks about... This is not the first movie he brings up, Vietnam. Right. And, and, and he's also not even the only French director of this period that is bringing up Vietnam. Right. Uh, because... It sort of has that feeling about, like, where America got with Iraq in the last decade or so. Where, right. like, you don't have to be anti-imperialist to have decided that this is a bad thing.
1: Right, right, right. And there's a lot and of And it becomes that sort of, of like, I'm
0: not talking about th- this idea. I'm talking about, I'm not anti-war, I'm anti-this war, right? Right. I, I, America now, got that to that point, right?
1: Now, I will say Goddard is... And there's some stuff in Made in USA that that leads me to say this. Goddard is less likely than some other French directors we have seen from this time to lay the Vietnam War squarely at the Americans. Right. And not yeah. accept any French. Uh, <laughs> right.
0: Uh, yeah. Not dig any further than 10 years, yeah. like five years back in time or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So for that's sure. Good. I just I, I but, don't know
0: that I just still can't kind of like fully grasp whether or not he has made broader contextualizations for that or not. Because yeah. he's only sort of fainting at it anyway. He's not really spending a lot of time with that topic here. Right. And so, like, it's really hard to tell. Like, it's, I don't know. Because, like, it still sort of feels like he's saying, well, you know, this is all part, like, you know what I mean? Like, even, even isolating Vietnam as it's, even if you, Draw conclusions using Vietnam, but like not broadening it out and talking about the project writ large. The closest right. we get to is him mentioning the idea that America also does the same thing in South America. Right. right. Is the closest right. thing we get to him sort of acknowledging that this is a larger scale project. And even then, it's not committing to the idea that it's a larger scale project committed by the entire global sort of capitalist hegemony instead of just the american one right it talks about he specifically acknowledges america stepping on toes in south america which is also a kind of like really mild way of putting that whole thing but goddard has
1: talked about algiers in the past right yeah um and algiers i suppose it's it's sort of settled by this point algerian independence is 62 and we're 66 67 by this point Though the film Battle of Algiers didn't come out to sixty six, but um, so it, it it just seems like America took over Vietnam and that conflict, and France finally let Algeria be independent, and now we don't get to now we don't have to talk about well, even though De Gaulle's we, still in charge, we don't have to talk about any of uh, any of that anymore. Let's be real; we um, have
0: noticed this trend <laughs> in French cinema. Right, writ large, is this sort of idea of like, oh, we don't have any of those problems anymore? It's like, well, man, that was like five years ago, right? (laughs) And y'all are just pretending like, oh, well, we don't have a colonial empire. It's like, until five days ago, you did, right? And you still benefit from all the things you did in that endeavor, actively today. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? Like, it's very. it, It is a weird phenomena in like a lot of French cinema we've watched to just sort of be like. No that, that we put that behind us you all everybody else needs to move on too because we've moved on, and i don't I don't even know what the state of sort of French colonialism is at this point. It wouldn't terribly surprise me to find out that they still have some sort of colonial holding somewhere because practically every country does like not every country I should say every 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 country that was a member of the colonial club. At any point in the past, seems to have something they've held on to, right? Like it, you, and, and it's always some shit where you're like, "Are you serious right now?" Like, like how is that a thing? And and you know, it's, you know, it just seems to be the way it is, right? And then like, and what they've done is managed to bury it, make it right disappear from any sort of public consciousness.
1: And it's fair to point out that the film The Battle of Algiers that came out in '66 was not a French film. It was an Italian director. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that is a very valid, right. valid
0: point. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Again, there's this very, like, sort of like, oh, we swept that entire phenomenon under the rug. It's just gone. We've forgotten about it. We threw it out with the trash. We don't talk about it. Yeah.
1: And all that, yeah. I don't, I can't lay that too much on Goddard because Made in USA does make allusions to right. to Algers, too. So there's not. Well, no,
0: no, I think we're just sort of yeah. talking about French right. film of this right, era. Right, right, right. As but, a whole, because it's like but kind Goddard of an does element of it.
1: Goddard does get a little close here to laying Vietnam as a solely American project, yeah, uh, and laying the problems of de Gaullist France as American influence. Um, yeah, that's the part and, that I think is more yeah. is
0: even. I would I I I put that even more is the more fucked up part because like, right. Right. Then you're getting into like extra levels of like nativism and, and a bunch of like, and and sort of like, Oh, you know, Oh, they're poisoning our pure, pure, pure French ways. (laughs) Right, Right. Like, right. Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's, there are, there are certainly aspects of this film, uh, particularly framed through that that zoom that French TV debate with the yeah. uh, with the the government official where Goddard is coming at this reactionary as a reactionary uh, even as a lot of what else is happening is not and um and it's I don't know I just it is also of course in much the same way that made in usa was just a series of references to things and it gets even more blatant here when we have those two characters surrounded by a pile of books and one of them is just just picking up one reading a line out of it putting it back down and the other seems to be using that to write a manifesto or something right um
0: I could never figure out what they were in. I knew that they were just making references, like, in general, but I was like, I could never figure out what, in theory, the other guy is doing. I as, I assumed they were just book cataloging.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, I've, I've done something in that vein before in my life. Like, you know, oh, we just need to make sure that this is the correct book, and then we'll put it away, and it's the next one. But, uh, yeah, no, I... I yeah. It is full of references. It has that other, that kind of feeling to it, too, where it's like, and then there's that little, that little, little essay that they have, that little, like, um, bonus feature where it's like all the, you know, some of the references, to this, well. Yeah. And they're kind of all over the map. Like, it kind of shows you that, like, even in, in sort of like, in textual uh, uh, sort of like research backing up the work Goddard's still kind of all over the map he hasn't really figured out what he wants to where he where he sits on stuff in a lot of ways yeah and so it's like sometimes we' we're, we're, we're quoting like almost hard right writers about like the nature of Marxism or something and it's like I don't think that's necessarily the guy that you right right, uh, right. yeah maybe he said a <laughs> sentence that backs up what you think but maybe <laughs> maybe you need to put that sentence in context for like what else he was saying and things like that.
1: Um, and that's you know something, something Goddard did a lot throughout his career, um, and has continued to do in his late career, uh, is just sort of present out of context quotes as if they are in conversation with one another. And quote from scientists, from philosophers, from right. linguists, from from I mean, uh, and that's it is from literature and from very
0: problematic endeavor yeah. in and of itself, right? And it's a <laughs>
1: I think what those two guys are doing in this film is interesting as a performance. Mm. But I don't think it's actually interesting as as a philosophical conversation.
0: Except for okay, this is not what this is, but okay. we as the audience get to decide what this is. Um one could argue that it is the most accurate representation of what Goddard actually does in his films via like references. Right. Is right. that moment where he's just picking up random ass shit and they throwing it out there? Yeah, like yeah. no, it's, it's. I don't definitely think that. Goddard is doing uh, self commentary there, but as self commentary, it's fucking brilliant because right, it is essentially what Goddard does. He's like, well, I read this snippet in this book, I read this snippet in this book, I read this thing in this book, I read this, and they all feed into my grand narrative right. that, to, in really fucked up ways that don't make it. to sense me. Of. Doing that, reading
1: the way it's presented in the film, not what Goddard's actually doing here, because obviously he wrote the script. He planned out what books would be picked right, up and what yeah. said when. Um, but but what the characters are doing within the narrative of the film, to me, is a Dada exercise. It is about <laughs> yeah. it is about the removal of all meaning from the sentence you're reading from in the individual work, right? Uh, and any any meaning between two sentences that you read from two different books is obviously coincident as best and meaningless.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, philosophically right. you could take other approaches about it, like all self-imposed yeah. by the reader and stuff right. like that. But right. Right. Like, right. Right. Like, I mean, but the thing is, yeah, yeah. I mean, is that that is another fun way to take it but then by nature you're also extending that and saying well all all goddard references in film are by the nature Dadaist sort of like right, constructions. right. it's like oh look what we did we just threw a bunch of random shit in here it has no meaning it's yeah it's cause it's now, in here because now where there. that
1: falls apart is that you know, the the dada's dadaism was about the lack of meaning right right whereas Goddard is trying to say something and trying to give a meaning, and that's right. why he's chosen all of these aspects. Um,
0: and right, you know, but but <laughs> if you choose to read it in that way, well, we right. spent too much time. But if you choose, to read, you can under, you can also by by nature extend it out and say, like, well, in many ways, Goddard is the sort of poster child for the point that you're trying to make there, which is like, right, there is no actual. Interconnected meaning there, but like you know, whatever my the one way or the other, I do get the Im- impression and in the past gotten the impression that Goddard has a sort of like buckshot sort of reading style, and like, sort of like he strikes me as one of those people who writes down like quotes he likes, like individual decontextualized yeah. quotes he likes from things he reads. In a notebook, right? For some unknown reason, because I've I've met those people before, they exist. And well, and, then, and oftentimes they didn't even read the whole book; they just read like right. snippets of it and excerpts and things, or they or they read the review of the book that has a cool quote that the reviewer pulled out from the quote. Hey, right. and I'm not arguing. You can guilty as charged. I have pulled quotes from reviews because I was like, I am too fucking tired and lazy to go figure this out. This quote works. It's going in. But like in general, I usually have some contextual knowledge of the topic at hand anyway, and just don't want to try to find the original article that's probably behind a fucking $200 paywall. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a different capitalist problem. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a whole beautiful yeah. capitalist problem in academia that is just outrageous. Yeah. Good news is, there is a whole nother movement in capital in, in academia to liberate educate liberate right. text right hard
1: i just i just ran across a quote of, of goddard talking about the shot of the espresso uh-huh. in, the, in the cup and he says uh, basically what i'm doing is making the spectators share the arbitrary nature of my choices and the quest for general rules which might justify a particular choice I watch myself filming, and you hear me thinking aloud. In other words, it's just a film. It's an attempt at a film and presented as such. Um, so nice to nice to hear Goddard say, oh, I did it. <laughs> I did it. It was completely arbitrary.
0: My question is, when is that quote from?
1: A citation for that, a book on the new wave by James Monaco from 76. So it's at least that early. Oh, Monaco so it's might not, be it's not referencing terribly. something. We're not talking
0: about yeah. Goddard in the 80s or some shit like looking back or anything like that I'm just saying like we're you know artists go through th- go through phases right and like there I can definitely see a phase where Goddard realized everything he did was kind of some bullshit you know I can see him going through that phase you know what I'm saying yeah of being like oh man like I just did a lot of random shit and like called it art not to say he's not doing a good job <laughs> again like but like even, even people who did a good job do that sometimes go through that sometimes i right. wouldn't know because i never do a good job but.
1: it's interesting to me that Genard focuses on the paris suburbs when yeah. uh playtime which came out the next year is it's, about how all of this industrialization and modernization and uh consumerism is affecting inner paris too
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, right uh was. it's interesting to think of Tati and, and Goddard as, as contemporaries because they seem so disconnected. They do not feel like You know, like the it, way yeah. we interact with them. Yeah. But Playtime came out in 67, uh, you know. Uh, and so, and, 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 it's,
0: and
1: about, it's about cultural hegemony too because we get that scene in Playtime of all the various uh, international travel photos or, or advertisements and they all have the same big glass and steel nondescript buildings. As we right. see in this Paris, and it's such a great right. scene.
0: Well, uh, I mean, it has a, it has a like. Playtime has a. Here's what I will say: we did, we were not at that time really analyzing films in the way that we do now. Right. When we watch Playtime, <laughs> Playtime is mostly, in many ways, shares a similar argument to Goddard's about sort of again blaming the symptom rather than the, the disease. It is talking about consumerism and like sort of right. like. Sort of uh, sterilization of, of of life and 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 sort of like, you know, he gets into the fact that like we all live in essentially a factory produced, mass produced nightmare. Right, and that's what a lot of Tati's movies are actually yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, ultimately, well, but what's interesting is is that but the difference being is that like we know that that that's where Tati's course essentially ends, right? Like Tati, right. that's where he ends up, and. And because we're not looking forward to more evolution down the path of, like, what's wrong here, we can kind of accept that that's, you know... Right. But but at the same time, the difference is because Tati has already, in many ways, walked the path to where he wants to be. Right. The thing he makes is such a, is a much tighter condemnation of the thing he wants to condemn. Right. Like, if you take playtime and you compare it to this... Tati doesn't flail. Right. He says exactly what he fucking wants to say. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's very, like, nobody watches Playtime. Like, in a sense, Tati does a very, very good job of, of proving, being the exception to some of the rules we've laid out. Like, nobody walks away from Playtime thinking that what he's showing is a good thing right
1: right it was like that's the world i want
0: to live in like no there is no bro moment in there where somebody could like be like well that looks pretty cool it's like no it all looks like hot garbage it looks terrible (laughs) it's a nightmare to anybody who watches it
1: right uh
0: yeah that's fair um and i think that's because tati has already made his political he's he's drawn off his conclusions he's done
1: Ultimately, ultimately, what it maybe boils down to is, while he produced some really great work in that period, if Goddard had just taken some time to himself <laughs> right. between sixty six and sixty eight, um, well, maybe... we talked about
0: that last week too, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like he should have taken a couple years off, yeah. man. And He's and got to like...
1: work through this in public for some reason. Uh, well, wow,
0: but that's that's that's. European male director brain right there, man. <laughs> right, right, right. They all do it. Like, Truffaut being the most the most obvious of them, of always working <laughs> yeah. everything out in public, really just airing his dirty laundry all over town. Yeah. Um, But no, he... I mean, they all do it. They just all do it. It's just a thing. I mean, I'm happy to be... If somebody could... You know, if there's one that didn't and, like, just went on, like... Sabat... Like took a long, like, took long breaks. to. Well, yeah, it's it's the women is the answer to the question. <laughs> it's, who spent the time to, like, figure out what they were thinking about things before they made the right. next one. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically it, it, I mean, again, like, we're making a lot of generalizations here, but it certainly does feel like all the male directors are like, no, I've got to make nine films during this, like, about – during this problem I'm having, and about this problem I'm having,
1: and you know vart is interesting because because she needs the income
0: right. and
1: produced uh, you know a lot of documentaries that have artistic merit certainly and are doing interesting things definitely, uh, but at the same time she can let the the you know. The thinking about politics, creative part of her brain, take a break for a little bit. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, that's
0: true. Like, yeah, the yeah, that's very true. Well, and like we, we call it taking a break, but also is yeah. it being frozen out of an industry that doesn't want you? Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like we could we could try to couch it in like positive like pro Varda terms, but then you, you do really run into the question of like, yeah, but like is it because she doesn't want to or she can't? Right. I do think she is more level headed than any of these guys in general. So I'm not sure she would go full, full Truffaut or, or anything like that if she had, yeah. had access to unlimited resources so, like they seem to.
1: So it's actually maybe interesting that, that Goddard does eventually take a break. Right. But it's between 72 and 75. So it's after after Tavabian, after he finishes his, his Maoist period. uh, Then he takes a break and comes back in 75.
0: Yeah, a thing I often wonder uh, that I do, what I really find myself wondering about is that, like, he has this sort of Maoist period. Like, what happens to his Maoist period? Like, in the sense is that does he just abandon that sort of politics? Does he just eventually surrender to the, like, neoliberal hegemony and just starts making movies that are just like normal like not normal i mean normal like God, you know goddard right. level but like that are just no longer interested in critiquing the poly, like the like you know what i mean like something like, like the language feels like a part of the sort of neoliberal regime where it's like well i'm going to turn my critique in on in on the members of society because our attempts to critique and attack the the actual like structure of the thing have failed. Like you know what I mean? Like there's this sort of mo- like that feels very post six like post early 60s, right? This sort of like, well, that didn't work. Let's turn inward and start critiquing the sort of like the symptoms even harder. Like let's not let's not at all acknowledge the man behind the curtain. He doesn't exist. It's we're no longer going to talk about him. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, be yeah, a lot. Of, I read, I bring that up just because a lot of, a lot of people in the sort of, in in art of that style, kind of went through this sort of thing. Where like, when you hear them talk now, they're just kind of like, they're like just as likely to tell you to go vote or something. You know what I mean? Like, right, get out the vote. Like, I don't know. Did did Garner go full? Go get out the vote. You know what I mean? Like that that sort of thing. Like oh yeah, like three decades ago, I was like making movies about taking over factory floors, and now. Right. Hey everybody, don't forget to vote in in November. This is the most important one yet.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It it looks like he worked pretty solidly through the eighties, and uh, yeah,
0: I just don't know what those movies are like. We there's a lot of, I mean, there's there's a good number of them. I don't think the Criterion Collection is going to show us. No, anything. I don't think so. And I'm curious, but. God, also it's kind of like at the same time it's like, boy, we watch so much French film.
1: Right, right. No, I'm not I'm not suggesting we need to spend a couple months on the uh on the bonus <laughs> episodes the, the, exploring doing more Godard. So our next Goddard is Spine five twelve, uh Vivre Levi or Vivra uh Savi, uh, which is from sixty two, so earlier than this. And then we have Weekend at Spine 635, um, which is the same year as this. We have a 1980 Goddard film, Every Man for Himself, uh, okay. at Spine 744. So we we will eventually get at least one late period. Post-70s, yeah. Yeah. Um, Le, P- Le Petit Soldat from 63 is Spine 1010, then. So Damn. we we will not watch Goddard for for uh, at least five years.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be fascinated to see, assuming we make it that far, yeah. what you and I think where we fall on Goddard fucking like a decade from now. Right, right, right. Um So yeah. Uh that's uh
1: that's a that's a distant future. Um but yeah, so so again, you know, he gets a lot more representation earlier in the in the collection and in the collection you know as we've as we've talked about sort of changes course in yeah deciding yeah. to uh, to broaden its horizons
0: which is which is good uh yeah, good for them um yeah, yeah. I, I it also feels like they like by a certain spot number like well, we did everything we wanted to do with this, so now now right. what do we do guys? Like, it feels like there was a board meeting where they were like, well, shit, made it through the entire list. We thought this was going to go bankrupt way before this. Like, <laughs> right, We did not right, expect right, this to right, last as right, long, right, so right, what are we right. going to do now, guys? Yeah. Ha- and, wait. Uh, and then somebody's like, have you heard that people have been making movies outside of Europe? <laughs> and then another dude just fucking flips his chair over and just storms out of the room and is like, fuck you. France and Italy are it, man. <laughs> Yeah, with a little bit of Sweden, you shut your mouth, and then uh, yeah, I'm sure they have donuts or something. I don't know what happens to Sweden. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. Um.
1: Oh man, Oh, uh, Goddard, yeah. So yeah, this is a this is an interesting movie, I guess. Um, like like last week's, uh, and I think. Probably this entire period of of Goddard Goddard's life, uh, this movie is much more interesting meta contextually than right, what yeah. is actually going on. I mean, them. it's
0: more interesting. It's more interesting than Made in USA, right? Contextually right. too. Like, I mean, it just yeah. is. But like, yes, you're right. It's mostly interesting to think as a way to analyze where Goddard right. is at the time, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure
1: uh how I feel about movies that are more interesting to talk about than watch.
0: So, yeah, although uh, again, I thought this one this one This one is was, interesting to watch. This one is interesting to watch and it's certainly leaps and bounds more interesting than Made in USA. Like right, I enjoyed right, right. watching despite me getting angry at Goddard from time to time. I enjoyed yeah. watching this movie by and large. Um I think that despite every description that has happened in every bonus feature where both Goddard and uh, – well, Goddard – people tangentially related to Goddard and the, ma- the the lead actor um, – Or Vladi. Vladi. Yeah, Vladi. Sorry. Despite what she says in the interview, she does a pretty fucking good job in this. Like, All right, And right, if you right, consider right, the right. sort of adverse conditions – although maybe the adverse conditions were contributing in this situation because mostly it was about looking like unhappy – um, yeah, <laughs> she does a she does a real good job. Like she's very she does an excellent job. And I think that contributes in many ways to making the movie m- much more watchable than Made in USA is. Yeah, uh, is in part because of the acting. Again, she even claims it's not. She's like I. She has a very weird definition of what acting. is. like yeah, right. like you didn't read out what he said into your ear in monotone. Like you you did act like. Right. Is there a difference between like reading it an hour earlier and then saying it versus like 2 seconds later? I don't I don't actually know, but like, you know, I'm not an expert in acting, but um yeah, I don't know. She does a really good job and so I think that contributes a lot to making this movie very much more watchable <laughs> because she is engaging. Like you despite the fact right. that it's mostly about a lot of ennui and stuff She's engaging to watch. You, you watch her go around, and you're not like ever tired of spending time with her character. Uh, right. So.
1: And I think it's important. You brought up in mentioning Ennui again. Swing back a little bit. We don't need to talk about this. But I think it is important to point out that Ennui is also. Uh, alienation within capitalism absolutely like that's, totally 100 percent. It's, it's even so. actually
0: one step further removed than <laughs> than being anti-consumerism in, in the sense of like well we're not even going to talk about we have no desire to acknowledge where this is coming from right, <laughs> this is just right, a natural right, state of being that we all yeah, suddenly started having about 60 years ago yeah crazy crazy how that weird happens. how that happens boy sure sure we certainly developed Boy, this thing suddenly showed up when we all started living in these fucking high rises and couldn't afford to pay for it. Like and it had right. to work ourselves to death to be able to afford anything. Yeah. Huh, strange.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the that life like that though is where
0: true meaning is, though, Pat, right? Is it in the ennui. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Well Can
0: you imagine? what a what a weird thing to do actually. To be like, nah, I'm not gonna contextualize this. Like in fact, I might even decide to do something that borders on, like, treating it as, a like, a virtue. I want to start making art where I talk about how, like, my alienation in capitalism is actually, like, maybe a good thing. Uh. Maybe it, maybe it's breeding a sort of analysis inside of myself about my place in the world. <laughs> um, You've just described Wes Anderson. Boy, howdy, didn't I? I don't dislike Wes Anderson because he's twee. Just like Anderson for his politics.
1: Well, the uh, the title, two or three things I know about her. The I is obviously Godard. I think inarguably Godard. The her.
0: Is multiple is, women in this movie? It's more ambiguous.
1: Well, multiple women.
0: Uh, well, Paris. I just say it because multiple women do that same, like, talking, like, addressing the camera yeah. and, like, describing themselves in, like, three sentences. Right, right, thing. right, right. Um, but also Paris. There was a yeah. promotional
1: promotional poster for the film offering different meanings for the her of the title. This I'm reading from Wikipedia. Each one a French feminine noun. Her, the cruelty of neo capitalism. Her, prostitution. Her, the Paris region. Her, the bathroom that 70% of the French don't have. Her, the terrible law of huge building complexes. Her, the physical side of love. Her, the life of today. Her, the war in Vietnam. Her, the modern call girl. There's three more. I can't. I can't uh, stop now. Her, God the death it. of modern beauty. Her, the circulation of ideas. Her, the Gestapo of structures.
0: I don't even know what that last one means. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's just a made-up phrase that somebody just like yeah. that. That feels like somebody shit out some nonsense and was like, "It's yeah. good enough." Um, I I want to go back because the thing I had forgotten to talk about is part of Goddard's judgmental like address of prostitution. Yeah. Is he gets into this he starts conflating love and sex in a really like really like like hyper traditional way. Yeah. Where he's like part of his moral judgment is based on the fact that love should be between people who communicate, which never mind the fact that that's very clearly a commentary about his ex-wife. Like let's right. let's move on beyond that. And it seems to be he is the one who is bad at communicating. Mister, I just disappear for weeks at a time in foreign <laughs> right. countries, and then come uh, back with a present, and that's and the only way she present. knows where he was. Yeah, yeah. it's really that. Descript- uh, it is worth noting that every time I learn more things about Goddard, I go through. A, it's a very funny thing because I learn things that are really good about him and things that are really bad about him right, simultaneously right. in equal measure, to the point where like I can never get any more than like. Like a weird state of lukewarm on him, at, at yeah. His, because, like, what a shitty thing to do, right? Just, right. just like, just take off and just like disappear and leave someone who cares about you behind for like weeks at a time. What, a, what an awful, awful thing. But like, beyond that, he just, just throughout that those inner that discussion, especially, starts conflating love and sex in a really like, what are you like? Right. Like what are you like a Catholic priest from like Yeah, yeah and maybe 50? what are you doing, man? And like, maybe it maybe
1: there is some sort of Catholic guilt built in here. Uh but we also see that in his real life. Like he yeah. asked the main character of this movie, the actress, he asked Vladi to marry him. Uh and it's I don't think it's just it's it's this conflation of so many things because one, he, he makes his wife into his muse. So he, maybe he does admire her work and that's why he's in love with her. But also he does just want to have sex with her and that's why he's in love
0: with her. And (laughs) I guess it's worth noting that, that when he finally, he does apparently seem to stop doing this at some point.
1: Well, he only has two wives officially.
0: Right. And he's with, he and his current partner is listed from 1978 till present. Right, 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 right. So, it, like, you get the impression that maybe at some point he actually grew up. You, you know what I mean? And like, and yeah, and maybe like did some self reflection on exactly what, what, what's wrong with him. You you wonder, right? Because like 1978 to now is is nothing to sneeze at. Like it's an extended period of time. Right. From from a man who at one point was willing to marry his lead actress in a movie, seemingly apropos of nothing, possibly for the reasons you just suggested that he doesn't feel like he can engage in like the physical act of sex without being married or in a relationship or something like that. I don't know. Right. Just in, it's just interesting. It's I don't I I don't want to get into Goddard's the morality of Goddard in that way, because it's like, well, I'm not here to fucking pass judgment about that kind of stuff. But like in general, I, the, 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 I am absolutely here to pass judgment about like, with like 16 year olds. This is a very, very <laughs> fucked up thing. We're well, seeing a lot in, yeah. in European director, male directors <laughs> in general, but also running, running but with, also
1: with Goddard's conflation of everything. Uh, and his his devotion and love of movies and image. He sees a pretty woman on a on a movie screen, and yeah, she's sixteen. Uh, but it's less that he's in love with a woman and more in love with the image, anyway. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, no.
0: Yeah. You definitely that definitely seems to be a problem. Like that. Absolutely. It does seem like that. That could definitely be part of it. Is that yeah. like? And and you know it. He's like, he's, like a, every... he's not a he's he's broken in many ways. Let's be really yeah. clear here. It's just it's just yeah interesting that at this point in time, he very clearly and on in like directly makes those two the same thing. Right. right in his right. mind. And like and and passes moral judgment based on the fact that like they are doing love without love or something like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. what what okay, evangelical pastor from Right, fucking right, 90s right, or whatever right, get out of here right, like go away right. like yeah nobody wants to have nobody wants to hear what you think about that sorry right
1: right yeah and you know that's uh it is a problem of leftist circles of the 60s too right yeah. of this of
0: of <laughs> well, how are we supposed to treat women
1: with, <laughs> without well, giving and, up on our and, patriarchy uh, yeah and so. then also
0: especially specifically even to this day how Leftist circles engage with the concept of prostitution, like right, right actually, right, right. actual sex work, because it, you know, again, there's multiple levels of critique and thinking there, right. and a lot of them are based in misogyny for for like legitimately. Right. So it's yeah. you know, yeah.
1: Uh, so ultimately, um, Jean Luc Godard, like uh, like many male leftists and, and me among them. I'm sure, and and you probably literally right now need to just go do the dishes. Just do the dishes. Well, once I'm going to
0: fucking pass out is what I'm going to yeah. do. Yeah, I do the dishes every day.
1: I love it. Yeah, They're Very relaxing. Uh anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> share the share the work. Um, yeah. Anyway, dishes are great. Yeah, so do two or three the dishes. Do yeah. other things too. Yes. 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 Uh, two or three things I know about her from 1967. The first of three films that Nidar released that year. We'll watch one of them. Uh, the last of those three. Weekend uh, in the far-flung future of about two years from now. I think if I did the math <laughs> right, if I'm remembering I don't, the numbers I don't correctly. Know.
0: Two years from now sounds very impossibly long.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: Despite the fact that we've been doing this, as far as I can tell, if I check my watch here, forever. Yes, yes, forever.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, next week will be our annual holiday episode, so uh, we look forward to that. We won't give away what movie it is yet. Uh, you'll find out when the rest of the world finds out. So we will, uh, we'll watch a holiday movie next week and have fun with some friends and invite invite your family around and warm yourself with our annual holiday episode. Uh, if you're into that sort of <laughs> warm thing, warm
0: your hands by the fire of all, yes. yes. burn it. Use it for warmth. Right, right, right.
1: Uh, print out the MP3 and burn it.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just like fucking turn it into like a base sixty-four like code and like it's like it fucking would, thousands it would be,
1: of pages. It would be long enough to sustain a nice fire. Yeah, so. I
0: mean, <laughs> I'm worried that, about how many resources you expended personally <laughs> right. trying to to achieve what's probably better achieved with other methods. But yeah,
1: I'm not saying it would be efficient. I'm just saying it would happen. It <laughs> just could happen. saying
0: we should do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for have for you considered trying
1: it? Just for the art of having done it. Thank you so much for listening. I am as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick O'Atari Dorian, and we'll see you next time. been Lost in Criterion. I'm your co-host Adam Glass. You can find me on Twitter at the Glass. My partner is John Patrick O'Hitari Dorgan and you can find him at JPatrickDorgan. Check out more of the show at LostInCriterion.com or hey, give us a review on iTunes. It's nice. If you really like what you hear, consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Criterion. Hey, our theme music is by Jonathan Hape. Check him out at JonathanHape.com. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it.